0: Dude, if it wasn't for Rebel News, I'd be in my apartment right now, in my bed, moaning <laughs> and screaming at the, my, the stucco ceiling like I do. <laughs> I usually do that as a comedian. You do that till about 5 p.m. <laughs> then you roll over, write a few things on the old iPhone, get a call from your landlord saying the rent's due. <laughs> you, put, you mute it and then you get going. You do your shows,
1: baby girl. Get it. we need to start looking at these things from a less politicized perspective and just simply explore the science. I mean, you see this, these things being explored uh, as actual science in the Nordic countries, and they're certainly very educated people, and they certainly know what they're talking about versus a couple of meatheads on CNN going on about how everything's horse dewormer or how, you know, water is essentially used as engine coolant. I mean, if, if Joe Rogan said, oh, all I'm drinking is w- water, I'm just hydrating, they'll be like, oh, he, he used that water sewage treatment like that's what he used sewage treatment material to, to to get better it's like so what he's saying at all i mean this is a it's a very cheap tactic it's a way to uh you know delegitimize anything that he's saying by simply calling it horse dewormer i mean it's been prescribed for many many parasitic illnesses it's used to treat worms that's what it's for a lot of poor people uh, in poor countries you know their kids have to take it because uh, they they got worms right they get worms in, in their food and they and it you know like flies uh gestate in their bodies like that's what it's for so to claim that it's only used against a river river disease or whatever the hell that guy was talking about well that's that's just a way to marginalize it why is it being treated for every form of uh, of domestic animal because it treats worms and they're very close to the ground
2: and so on Hornets buzzing around in this country. Everywhere you look, there's another public health officer. Every city has one. Every region has one. Every province has one. There's a, like, oh my God, are, are there, are, how many thousands of you are there? And they just utter something. And it's different from what they said a week ago. It'll be different in another week. And if they say it, is that law? Or do they have to put up a written press release? Or does it have to be an order? Like, there's, it's so, they don't know what they're doing. The police often have a different set of rules every week or every month. And how do they enforce it? And, and what about exemptions, like for masks? It's, it's such bad lawmaking, bad law enforcement. It was terrible when the police got involved to begin. Since when do police, police enforce health, and, uh, health orders? Never. You're sending a SWAT team to take, I mean, let me, let me refer you to the worst moment in that, Arthur mm-hmm. Pavlovsky. He had left his church. They could have picked him up at church. They know where his house is. They could have picked him up at his house. But he was in the car on a road. And they had this whole SWAT team sort of swarm his vehicle on the road like he was some narco terrorist. Pull him out of the car. Put him on his knees on the highway. Cars speeding by. Why did you put him onto the road? Why didn't you put him off the road? You put him on the road while cars are speeding by? Hands above his head. Why are you arresting him at all? You know you know his lawyer. We've been paying his lawyer to talk to you cops For a year now, you wanted the shock and awe moment. You wanted to humiliate him. You wanted to justify your SWAT team budget. What the actual hell? And we've seen the slow authoritarian emergence. I think a lot of the good cops have either been reassigned or retired. And I think the worst cops are having the time of their lives. And everyone's become a bit of a mini cop, a snitch. Um, an auxiliary, a brown shirt, a mask enforcer, Uh, in Alberta, unvaccinated people are not allowed to meet each other in private. Not even the Stasi would say that. And it's all a disgrace. So my, it's a very long way of saying we have immoral, unconstitutional laws, but we have judges who accept them. I think we're in the worst of times. Every part of society has failed. Every institution we would count on. Every government in Canada is for for the lockdown, but so is every opposition party. Every mainstream media is in favor for it. Every lawyer, the civil liberties groups are silent. Every law professor, every institution in society is in support of this lockdown. It's madness and it's terrifying. Can we not have some diversity of opinion, for God's sakes?
3: The left is supposedly like the anti big business party there. It's like, how much can you really say that you're a rebel when you are su- supporting the same people who are mandating things? and making money hand over fist that you don't have a choice in taking? How can you say you're a rebel when you side with those people? So this whole like leftist rebellion against the big system, like that is dead. That is no longer around in this country. People would much rather, like Amla was saying, it's much easier to be a part of the majority, to be a part of the herd. If you don't have to think for yourself and you can leave it up to someone else to do that for you, then... You're going to be a a content person in many ways. Even if you're not a happy person, you can be content. And for most people, content, uh, contentness and mediocrity
4: is good enough for their lives. I mean, that's always like comedy is just like this tiny little part of what's actually going on in the world. So it's like I don't want to pretend that I'm doing something more important than it is. But it is really it's like, yeah, it's something that I feel like we were kind of saying or me and my little crew of friends, we were saying like, you know, four or five years ago and then you know kind of got popular doing it in america a year and a half two years ago or whatever you you're watching like everyone else say that and you're like yeah i mean this is the stuff that you know everyone was yelling at us for saying and now everyone's kind of like yeah both sides are bad and you're like yeah no shit like you guys were all i would say they're all it's like a lot of people arguing over who gets to be like the teacher of a class and you're kind of like dude it doesn't who cares you know what i mean so i think that a lot of people got really wrapped up in it and then now that you know the trump era is over people are like coming out of the fog and going back to their like normal person trying to be the normal person that they used to be And there everyone's like yeah we got a little carried away there (laughs) what am i seeing from men i'm seeing men shun me
0: i'm seeing men say put on a mask i'm seeing men put masks on their families you know what you guys are you're losers if you if you're a man and you put a mask on your wife and children, you are a loser. Look at yourself in the mirror and repeat after me. I am a loser. I do not mince words. I'm not here to coddle you, impress you. Canadians have been coddled enough. That's why we're in this mess. I had 41 year old Canadian man call his mommy to call me because he was gonna be crossing the border and he was scared. I talked to this guy's mother on the phone. I tell everybody, yeah, if you have a problem, call me. People call me 24 hours a day. Someone lands at the airport at 3.30 in the morning. I hear my phone ringing. I already know what it is, so I'll pick it up, and I'll help them and make sure that they don't get detained and make sure they get through. So I have this lady call me, and I swear to God, I thought she was talking about like a 12- or 13-year-old boy that was on vacation for like a school trip or something. And then I asked her just out of the blue. I'm like, so how old is your son, by the way? 41. This is the state of men in Canada. This is why we're in this mess. People keep saying, oh, I'm the, I'm the reason that this is prolonging. No, the more you comply, if you haven't noticed, every time you comply, they move the goalposts and they make you comply with something else. If you didn't comply with that, they couldn't go to the next phase. In fact, it starts going the other way and things get open and you get your freedom back. If everybody just took off their mask tomorrow, what could they do? fine all of Canada with a fake fine that's not gonna show up in court anyway? If everybody opened their business tomorrow, what are they gonna do? Send everything they got to all the businesses? It took them all their resources to shut down one business and it took them three days with Adam Skelly's barbecue. So what are they gonna do if Canadians just stand up and say no, absolutely nothing. But what are Canadians doing? Canadian men in particular, they're walking around on their knees, wearing two masks, telling everybody that compliance is a virtue. Why? Because they're cowards. It's that simple.
5: So I've been harassing Elijah for probably about three years now Mm -hmm. to do a show with me. And we just never found the right opportunity. And then suddenly this one kind of just fell in our lap a little bit. And we thought, well, let's do it because we're very much on the same wavelength when it comes to our political stances. We're very much on the same wavelength when it comes to the way that we think about the world. And where we differ, we actually, I think, strengthen each other. So I just think it's from being mates and also being two political commentators who thought that we could actually do something different.
6: Yeah, actually, she's just being too nice. Justin Trudeau, (laughs) <laughs> and that's the reality. And so is uh, and however you pronounce it. And J- Dan Andrews and Joe Biden, who's a dementia patient, <laughs> his, fortified his way into the uh, office. We're sick of it. We're actually going mad and we were going crazy. And we realized we need an outlet every day. That's the honest thing. We needed an hour every day to just get our brains out and to try to make sense of the world. And the idea for the show was, I feel in politics right now, like a eight-year-old me felt in a 1990s mall when I was lost. And my mom <laughs> told me that she was at Victoria. secret and I didn't know who's Victoria why can't we why does she have a secret why can't I go and meet her there so I would go to the map you know find the map in the mall and I would see look for the little pin that said you are here and then that would show me and help me to orientate myself and know where I was going and so we decided that we feel like little kids lost in the world and nothing makes effing sense Andrew it doesn't make sense so we have to try to make sense of it every day I think that it's it's a case-by-case
7: case thing, honestly. I think that you have to go case-by-case case when dealing with these media people. Like, for example, Anderson Cooper, I think, is just a known liar. That, that one I think <laughs> many people would have to uh, have accepted by now. But, you know, when you talk about Van Jones, it's rare. Now, here, here's the credit that I will give to Van Jones, because I've had the opportunity to uh, meet face-to-face almost every CNN host, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Tapper, Lemon, Blitzer, Cooper – And and Jones, I guess he's not a host, but Van was the only one that actually talked to me. Every Mm -hmm. other one refuses to talk to me. They all had security come brush me away. Uh, Tapper was probably the meanest of all of them. Uh, But there was an energy to Anderson Cooper. Let me just tell you, like our cell phone equipment stopped working. But anyway, I'll stop right there. (laughs) I'll stop right there. So here's the thing with Van Jones. You can tell that there's a realness to the guy. There's a there's a you know, he, he can he can be real with you. You could probably sit down at a bar and enjoy a cold beverage with him. And it wouldn't be such a bad experience. But. He's obviously ex- he's obviously exaggerating his emotions on TV. He's obviously selling to the audience. He's been caught on Project Veritas tape admitting that he knew Russian collusion was a fake story, but yet they ran with that for three years. So so he, he, he doesn't have the most integrity, I would say, when it comes to being a reporter or a newsman, but he's smart enough to get by. He's smart enough to do what he needs to do to be successful on TV. He came out of the Obama administration. He's obviously a smart guy. But the funniest thing about that clip has to be the blatant hypocrisy of Van Jones saying, uh, saying Trump is a racial opportunist when that's everything CNN is. I mean, everything he just said is exactly what the liberal media does, whether it's George Floyd or Jacob Blake or Michael Brown and all the big lies that they tell. So, I mean, that's just incredible hypocrisy there from Van Jones. But uh, I, think, I think Van Jones is probably the best, better way to, ex- to describe his situation would be he's just he's kind of an actor. He's he's more of an actor on TV. He's smart enough that he knows what to say, what not to say. And so he's been successful on CNN coming out of the Obama administration. And he knew Russian collusion was fake news, but he still talked about it. So that's kind of one example of
8: just Van Jones. It makes me sick to my stomach every time I read another story of a young woman who went out for a job or who lives alone in her apartment and is taken advantage of because of the known factual biological differences between men and women. I have a concealed carry permit here in the United States and I do carry a personal firearm for protection. That's a decision that I made on my own, but I can tell you there are dozens of people in my own life, conservative and liberal alike, who have made the same decision. And I think when we can remove this political stigma associated with the Second Amendment, we know that this is a human rights problem, not just a political one, and the Second Amendment was created to allow for protection for all Americans, regardless of who you vote for.
5: Random. They're purposely making us or recklessly making us fat, stupid, lazy, and addicted to pharmacy products. And this uh, pandemic is really just all these agencies, all these industries, and all of these politicians who are wildly sold out and don't give a crap about your health, You know, running rampant all over your constitution, your freedom, your rights, your family, your physical health, your mental health, and your psychological health. And it's disgusting that both Both parties seem to play into it. All they have to do, run an obesity ticker on Fox News and say, more people are dying from this and say, listen, it's not healthy. Even the Republicans that are the freedom fighters, they say, well, we're going to quarantine the elderly. It's not healthy to quarantine the elderly. You know, they need to move. They need to they need to see human interaction. They're killing people. It's not you're killing grandma without a mask. The politicians, the pharmacy industry and these lockdown fanatics on both sides are killing uh, elderly, and they're treating kids like animals and slaves and psychologically abusing them. It's so gross what's happening, and I can't fathom why uh, they won't talk about it, but I will. So, you know, you have to wear a
8: face covering when you go skiing, which is, and it's just silly because when you're skiing, um, you are outdoors, your equipment kind of makes you not near other people, you're wearing gloves, etc. And so for one second, I wanted to take down, um, I think it's called a snood, my snood, because it, it was just gross. Like when you're skiing, it, it uh-huh. gets wet, it gets snowy, it like your snot is in it. Like, I don't want to have that on my face. So I pull it down and immediately, you know, the woman's like, you need to put your mask on. Like, <laughs> God, they just they just love it. And it's it's. The women, and in my case, always women telling me what to do.
9: Is this the is this bad for the party, for the Republican Party, or is it better? Do you think to pitch to a wider tent of people and try to bring more ideas into the party?
10: This has to be the worst marketing plan I've ever seen by any <laughs> political party in the history of mankind. But even just even as just a marketing plan, I think less than a million people, less than a million gay people, voted for Trump last election, right? Let me just ask a simple mathematical question. How much of the uh, GOP base do you think are Christians? 70 percent. 70 percent, probably. Now, let's say, of course, most Christians are not real biblical Christians. Let's be honest. Most of them are just soft anyway. Let's, let's get something clear. Let's just say a small number. Let's say 15 percent of that Christian base are Christians like me that's not going to support that type of stuff. Let's just say 10, say 10. It's still probably quadruple the amount of that gay portion you're trying to pander to. The math is not on your side. Doing that makes no sense. You're going to lose every election to ever exist because you're trying to out-left the left. Who told you that was a good marketing plan? I think my camera went blurry. My bad. But uh, who told you that it was a good marketing plan To go against math, to go against simple math, that's insane to me. You got people like Lady Magna. This person is literally, have you seen Lady Magna in real life? No, not in real life, no. Bro, 6'3", 6'4", with heels on, with a dress on. We could have had that. I mean, Dennis
9: Rodman did do that, if you recall.
10: But let's be honest, something is wrong with Dennis Rodman.
9: (laughs) Would Would you support a third party coming out of the woods because of this? Yes.
10: Yes, period. Okay. We, we, we needed a we movement, because because I'm going to tell you the truth. Because here's the thing, the GOP is where the Democrats were six years ago. Mm-hmm. We, they're going far left. It's, it's not right versus left no more. It's left versus far left now. And if they continue going this way, you I, I'm not supporting about that, period, point blank. I will not compromise my faith in the name of politics, because that's denying God before man, which I won't do. So there has to be a third party because I'm willing to not vote. I'm not, I don't vote for the lesser of two evils. That that, that sounds that sound like stupidity to me. I vote for what's right. So if, if nobody is right, I'm not voting. So,
3: and a lot of people even on my channel aren't really comfortable with this answer um, because the right or the dialogue on the right has been so consumed with this idea of small government. Um, let private businesses do what they want. But like, Here's the thing, we know that we don't have any representation left in the culture, and we know that we can't necessarily expect every person working for these companies to really make a stand because they'll get fired, and then like what, that you want them to go down and die on this hill and then not be able to provide for their families? Of course not. The way I see it is that we only have, I used to estimate about 10 to 15 years before things would basically be irreparable, now I'm thinking more like seven. Uh, The only institution that we could occupy within the appropriate time frame and then also as far as how easy it is would be government. We don't have time to take back Hollywood or education. We don't have time to take back corporations and convince them that what they're doing is ultimately destructive to the free markets that foster them. And so what we could do, though, is win elections for the time being, Uh, maybe not federal anymore, but you could win state elections. Like we control like what in America, 26 state governments, but conservatives are still complaining about their freedoms and everything. It's like you have the power to stop that under the 10th Amendment um, in terms of like COVID restrictions. But even with this, like if you were to say, raise taxes specifically on businesses who are propagating this like neo-Marxist woke propaganda, that would eventually, I think, incentivize them to at least tone it down. And so then this gets into the, are we ready to wield power effectively as conservatives and abandon this, this naive sophomoric idea of the power vacuum for the power vacuum's sake, which inexorably is filled with forces that ultimately want to eliminate your representation in that vacuum or even on the sidelines of it? Or do we want to... Uh, basically sit idly by and and allow the destruction of our country to happen through this sort of corporate consolidation of this like homogenous narrative of woke. And if you deviate, you can't even patronize these businesses anymore. You can't attend the schools anymore. They literally, to, you, to borrow a term from our friends on the left, will other you in society to where you eventually will have to conform. And even if you don't conform, who cares? You're 1%. You have no power left.
5: Until I'm forced to, I'm not going to get the vaccine. The problem is, is he's going to be berated until he gets vaccinated. And that's the same reality that uh, the average person's going to live. You're going to live that same reality. You're going to be chastised by your bosses. And and that's essentially what's happening to him. And whether or not you're worth $200 million or you're worth 40 K a year, you're still going to be attacked for your freedom of choice and utilizing that to not get vaccinated. So I feel bad for him as much as I wish I was in his position financially, but Ultimately, he's in the same spot as us. He's still he's still fighting for his freedoms. And it lets you know that Andrew Wiggins never would have been vaccinated in large part because he's in shape and he's not
3: going to get sick from COVID.
11: That happens constantly, especially among
5: leftists
11: who simply don't like me and pretend to be religious. Yes, I was a uh, basically my upbringing was as a liberal Christian. You could say similar to like, uh, I don't know, Methodist or something like that, like going to church on Christmas and Easter, basically. And then Christmas service basically is like, I liked it because, you know, I could light the candle, put it in the snow and it's cool. It's kind of relaxing. You get to sing songs and stuff. Um, That was my upbringing. And when I was a teenager, actually like high school age, uh, I became more of a, if not a fundamentalist, a more religious Christian, got baptized and so forth. Uh, But what I realized, and a lot of people would chalk it up to Marxist indoctrination in college, but it was actually before that, uh, I I stopped believing in that. I started reading more about uh, not just science, because science doesn't necessarily not mesh with Christianity in many ways, uh, but the occult. I thought about my own spiritual experiences. And for a while, I was in sort of atheism. I had lost my faith, so to speak. But I didn't like the vacuous nature of straight line atheism. And so Satanism, in the sense that I followed it, was literally just atheism, but with rituals. It's basically a mockery of Catholicism more than anything. If you've read Anton LaVey's Satanic Mm -hmm. Bible, it's fairly straightforward. And there is actually a proto-libertarian methodology behind it uh, by design What I realized after that, though, and I left Satanism behind uh, God, I think, almost a decade ago, uh, is that Satanism is also vacuous. It's a great psychological stepping stone, potentially, but it's not for everyone. I don't encourage people to become members of the Church of Satan. I certainly never was uh, or anything like that. And I've decided to just sort of be an occultist, which is to say that I search for truth. And I think the search is more important than actually finding anything. It's the entertainment behind it. The story, once you've fully read it, is no longer entertaining. You can go back and read it again, but you know how it ends. Uh, I look at it as sort of like uh, reading an eternal story that doesn't have any end. And I think that there's something behind spirituality. I've had spiritual experiences. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't belong to any organized religion. No.
8: I had already let go of my agents and managers. I had been hearing for at least seven years at that point that I couldn't get work because I was white, and mm. everything was going too diverse. And it wasn't just um, the actors; it was writers, directors, producers, crew. It was, a- it was everybody. And on the one hand, at first, you know, and I said this in the You video, everyone, but for the majority of the people were like, yes, finally, this is happening. Okay. You know, the pendulum has swung from one direction to the other. Finally, diversity is a thing. I mean, and and I, I didn't get the opportunity to say this in the PragerU, but just years prior, I was up for a role that would be in an interracial relationship. And they said America wasn't ready for that, which was just so bogus and, 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 and backwards, you know, and, and so it was really refreshing at first to see, wow, this is like a, a new movement, diversity, like not just all white people. We, we, I would sit in cast and be like, damn, this is the widest crew I've ever seen, you know, or whatever, whitest, you know, whatever. So, so it was awesome to see that. But then to come to find out that it was an inorganic process intentionally designed to control narrative, to create uh, social awakening. That was just not so much an awakening, but a, uh, a, you know, a, spe- a spell, I, I keep using this word, but this it's, it's programming, right? So not only are you not supposed to say anything and we were all talking to one another quietly, secretly without, you know, not publicly. So writers were talking to other writers and what was unfortunate was that even say black uh, directors. I know black, a black director friend who was is, is speaking with a white director friend and a white director friend's like, I can't get any work because I'm white. And the black director friend's like, I can only get black content mm. films because I'm black. You know, and it, it's just, again, this goes to the inorganicness. This is not how humans evolve. It's all co- contrived and, and really mechanical in this bizarre, icky way.
12: I didn't predict Chris Sky and Adam Skelly getting this much popular in fact chris sky got so much popular his video with you in the studio got translated into turkish and got me- thousands and thousands of views in turkey and um i'm also a translator i worked as a translator i translated um you know i translated not only for personal stuff um uh, i tr- i like translating books music words and everything also humor sense of humor so in turkey that's what i was doing i was kind of bringing the western sense of humor to turkey and i believe that's why it also um, gained a lot of attention because um, the youth in turkey is very westernized like how can you not be because on the internet mm-hmm. the tv and everything and there's the, the counterculture is not us the counterculture is the um, is the um rulers of Turkey the the dominant ideology the dominant belief in Turkey they are the counterculture they are countering the youth we're not countering them I see and um right now they are the do- they are dominant but they're not dominant if you don't allow them to be dominant in your mind
13: half the population is still overweight or obese so i think more than more than half i think i'm being quite a conservative there so something isn't working and you know the truth is every every book movie piece of music has you know, there, there aren't brand new ideas out there really, but as a messenger, you can lay out your message in a particular way that resonates with certain people. I've had, I've had people message me saying, Hey man, I've read like 10 or 15 different fitness books and yours is the one where it just clicked for me. Right. It's simple. It's concise. I'm not trying to overload and overwhelm people with all these technical terms and tons of data and science and all of that. It's just like a very practical guide. You can just read it and be like, Oh, Okay, I know what to do to reach my goal. These are this is what I need to hit, this is what I need to eat, this is the kind of training I should do. So that's why I wrote it, really just to help people out and I'm glad it's been doing that.
9: I noticed you tweeting. I think this week, within the last couple of days, um, a correlation between the type of people who don't work out <laughs> and the type <laughs> of people that do. Have you legitimately found a correlation? Do you think of people who, you know, never have any type of exercise, maybe as a matter of, of on purpose?
13: Uh, yes, I have. Absolutely. And what would that? Um, be? Because because. People who train hard in any discipline, um, obviously with me, I'm big on strength training, lifting weights, resistance training, but it's all about personal responsibility and accountability and discipline and hard work and perseverance. So if you apply that in that area, it spills over into other aspects of your life, right? There's no there's no socialism, there's no jacked socialism, <laughs> right? It's not like, oh, I work out and my muscles get taxed and they go to somebody else and they get some of my gains. It's just like, no, it's totally individual, 100% level playing field. The weights weigh the same thing every time you go into the gym, etc., and there's no, you know, that that's what it is. There's not even a team. It's just you versus the weights. So I think that mentality does Tend to lead people. It filters out into other aspects of their life, into their careers, into some of their socio-political beliefs, etc. I mean, that can even be that can even be measured. That can even be studied. And yeah, it's uh, you know obviously when I say things like that, I'm being slightly tongue-in-cheek. But there's there's also truth to it. Like you're not going to see a lot of um, I don't I don't I don't I've never seen a jacked socialist. Um, I'm not even I'm not even saying that to like to be mean. I'm just being like that's a thing, right? I've never seen. They they tend to have a particular physique,
0: <laughs> right?
13: And they're not someone who you know they'll be talking trash on Twitter all day. But you're looking at these people, and I'm like, okay, none of you none of you lift, right? And I don't think that's I, I think there's you're lifting a, spirits to be okay. They're not lifting anything. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. So I, I I say it in that sense, but there's there's also there's also truth to it. Um, so yeah it's uh it's one of, it's one of those ones why i think that maybe that's why that resonated a little and, and so yeah anything i do ends up having giant views giant ratings and so it's like oh people can't have that they can't just have somebody shooting <laughs> from the hip telling like it is you know they just can't have that and so yeah now it's like weird i'm like suppressed but then it makes it kind of trickle out and people even want it more so i think i get more than my due of, of, of people thinking I'm you know a, a good guy. I mean, I am a good guy. I do tell the truth, I make mistakes sometimes, but uh, I don't ever want what I really do to get overshadowed by, by hype. And I think only they're deplatforming me has, uh, cause I'll even say some stupid stuff when I'm on a show and I don't even mean it as a joke. And then people listen to it and then like, it's Nostradamus they like turn it into something really oh god you get the deepness of that i know the truth was i was drunk and you know had
2: a huge toothache but but it's 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 pretty crazy